The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Right, what's up, Pels fans, and welcome to the Bird Calls. I'm joined here with David Fisher. Immediately following the Pelicans thumping, excuse me, of the Portland Trailblazers, David, we we anticipated with everything going into this matchup, the two uh, zip lead, Manny Fresh being in the building, the sellout, the red out. That this was probably going to be a Pelicans victory. It was going to take a a momentous performance from the Trailblazers to win this one, but. This was just a straight-up butt-whooping, and not just by the Pelicans alone. The Trailblazers did a lot to themselves. 21 turnovers with just 26 made baskets with 10 minutes left in this game. What happened? Was it the Pelicans? Did they- Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. They just blow the roof off the Smoothie King Center, or did the Trailblazers just not come to play? Oh, my goodness. I can't even. <clears throat> I mean, going back especially to the Miritich doing everything and portland is pressing so hard like portland was putting forth so much effort to get bad shots like to put that much effort forth that they were putting forth today just to set up an alpha Ricomino jumper that's what the pelicans are giving them anyways that's always there i was shocked i mean what did what did you think i was i was just blown away I mean, the Blazers have come out tight, in my opinion, in the early in the first and the third quarters of each game. And that's allowed the Pelicans to get a comfortable lead, play from ahead in much of these games. And in this one, of course, they allowed Alfa Rucamino. I think he had 15 points in the first half. Uh, that was okay. CJ McCollum actually wasn't a disaster. He did turn the ball over quite a few times, but he was something like 7 to 13 to 16 points early in the third quarter. Damian Lillard is the one that's really blowing my mind here. Because, of course, when Drew Holiday's matched up against him uh, in the first two games, he had held him to seven points. But Terry Stotts has to work out some kind of scheme to get Drew Holiday off him to utilize those pick and rolls. Yusuf Nurkic using that high screen roll in game two allowed him to get something like, I don't know, I don't remember, 15 points in the first half. They had 34 points in the paint 
in the first half in game two. He was non-existent tonight. Okay, we've got Chris Connor joining us. What is up, Chris? <laughs> What's going on, man? I finally made it. Chris, I'm so glad you're here. We're also joined by David Fisher. Before we get into the game, Chris, and, and talk about what you've seen, you kind of predicted this uh, in a, in a not-so-turnaround way. Your article, 2018 NBA Playoffs, Drew Holiday and New Orleans are in midst of enjoying last laugh at expense of Damian Lillard and Portland. You wrote this before tonight's game, and here they are having the last laugh up 3-0. NBA teams are 127-0 in series in which they lead by 3-0. Uh, talk about your article, plug it a little bit, and, and tell us about what you saw tonight. Well, um, it just it was an article that was that was mainly around uh, Drew Holiday. Um, and basically, I, I had watched all that morning uh, a lot of national media platforms basically give love to um, players that weren't named uh, Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins uh, love for the first time in, you know, in a while. And I started to think, you know, seeing all these all these different, you know, people kind of, you know, come to grips with what they were watching, you know, and, and it it made me think, well, you know, this is this is I, and we probably need to need to put out something about this. And you know, we had already, um, I had already, it already felt like it was Drew Holiday's coming out party, uh, so to speak, because I I believe that was actually the original uh, title that I was going with. Um, but it, it just was mainly surfaced around him and what he's done in the series, um, defensively and offensively, how rare he is and and vastly underrated um and it's just it's fun to watch it all come come to light and um watch these pelicans play the way they're playing man man before i get back to fish i want to do a follow-up with you chris we were talking about the the trailblazers playing tight of course the pelicans played incredible basketball all three games both defensively and offensively specifically tonight uh it was their highest scoring clip they had just about the same amount of shots 87 shots but they shot 53 percent 119 points a lot of easy looks with that being said the blazers did a lot to beat themselves yusuf nurkic after utilizing that high pick and roll i was just telling david uh in the first half in game two had only two points in the first half tonight on one of four Damian Lillard again five of 14 he had eight turnovers Chris kind of kind of balanced the scale for us how much of this was good Pelicans basketball and how much of this was the Blazers just uh getting caught as a deer in the headlights in a big game uh I mean I think it was a mix of both um I think the Pelicans came out with with a lot of energy um I mean they had they had active hands um, they, you know, they, they played together. Well, they continued to play, to play together as, as one, they had the home crowd behind them. The adrenaline was going. Um, but I mean, you saw the Blazers commit, you know, I, I think if you had to tip the scale a little bit, you, you would say it was a little bit, or at least in my opinion, a, a little bit more so on the Blazers hand, you know, because they were turning the ball over three and four times, you know, uh, in a row. As, you know, during some stretches, just, you know, simple, simple passes that they make, you know, in their sleep, uh, just over and over again. And it wasn't just, you know, one or two guys, you know, it was, it was all around the, all around the squad. Um, you know, so I, I think it was a mix of both, but, you know, the Blazers look, look very um, uncharacteristically, um, you know, tight and, you know, you know, from, you know, from Dame, and we've seen a lot of the, the cluster performances that him and, and, and CJ have both put up um, in a bunch of different type of games. It was very weird and, and, and odd to see them just so out of place um, for once. Now, I'm going to ask Chris about Meritage. Before I do that, Fish, one of the editors of TheBirdRights.com, you've been battling on this site, uh, keeping the blog going for years and years with Ali Cosell. And, of course, this is probably the best moment in New Orleans basketball history, dating back to when we got the team back in the 2000. 2000- 
2002-2003 season. Talk about the experience with this uh, victory versus some of those Chris Paul years, of course, uh, in that famous series with San Antonio that went to game seven in the second round, uh, right before the Western Conference Finals. How do you weigh this game, this moment, against some of the greater moments in Pelicans history? Well, it's kind of hard when you when you put it like that because there was a moment in that Spurs series where you really thought that the Hornets at the time, the Hornets, were going to get past the Spurs and they were going to get into the Western Conference Finals and they were just rolling. And I think how the Spurs series ended has shaded how we look at that entire season all the way up until I can't remember if it's game three or game four. It might even be later. It might even be game five when the wheels kind of came off and the Hornets went from in control of the series to completely and totally flailing. And I think historically looking back on it now, we remember it for all of it. And we don't remember how we would have felt like through game three or through game four of that series against the Spurs. So I I do want to pump the brakes on this is, you know, this is a huge win for the franchise because if you think back through the history of the franchise, I want to say they've only won two or three playoff series um, in, in the franchise's history. And since I moved down here into New Orleans, they've only won two playoff games before this series, which was the two games over the Lakers in the 2000, um, 2010, 2011 season. Was that? Yeah, 2010, 2011 season, the last season of Chris Paul before he demanded the trade. So, but <clears throat> how huge this particular moment is has to be tied into what we think it's going to mean in terms of retaining DeMarcus Cousins because he was there in the, in the, on the bench today, they introduced him and it was, I want to say it was the third quarter. They showed him on the big screen and then the boogie chance going on through the arena and what it means for retaining boogie and what retaining boogie means for the franchise's direction as a whole, I think is how we might shape what does this game mean or this series mean for the Pelicans long-term? Yeah, well, hopefully it means that we can get him at a bit of a discount. Uh, I know the the hope and the goal is that he gets some kind of one-on-one or a two-year guarantee, and then he'll have that uh, ability at the 10-year mark of his career to get that super max. Chris, uh, I, I don't know how old you are, and I don't want to age you right here, but uh, I want to recall the 2006 uh Katrina, New Orleans Saints game, the Steve Gleason punt. Obviously, it doesn't have the emotion tied to it of that moment. However, this does feel like like the next step in New Orleans Pelicans history in the city of New Orleans. It feels like like a real energy is going to develop behind this unit going forward into next season with DeMarcus Cousins coming back. It's only going to get bigger and better regardless of what happens in, in the ensuing series. Um, did, did you feel an energy like that in New Orleans? I know you weren't at the game tonight, and we will talk to some of the guys who have been there. But just from the energy around our friends, uh, Manny Fresh being there with Juvenile at halftime, is there something reminiscent of that moment in New Orleans sports history developing right now? Uh, I, I think from the perspective of the the confidence that was that was surrounded by it, 
um, as well as just, you know, it was like nothing else really, really mattered. Like, you know, you know, for once, like there was really no thought of, you know, you didn't have to think about, you know, the future. You weren't thinking about the past. You didn't have to, you know, um, you, you weren't dwelling on, you know, on Pookie's injury, you know, um, as much, you know, you, you were thinking about exactly what was in front of you and that's watching, um, a wonderful, a, a, a wonderful basketball team that, you know, that is on a, you know, a fantastic ride and, you know, um, and that 2006 season, because I, you know, because I am, I am old enough to remember it. You know, it was fairly similar. You know, you, you really weren't sure where the team was necessarily going to go, but you weren't thinking about it at that. At, you weren't thinking about it at that time. You just knew you had something special there. Of course, that team ended up losing in the NFC Championship game that year, but um, it still it was the building block for something special. And though it didn't happen right away, a few years later you end up seeing a Super Bowl. I'm, you know, not sure where this where this team will go. But I could I could see how you make that comparison. You know, the, just the focus, the confidence, the energy involved. Uh, I wasn't as nervous as I normally am watching Pelicans game. I was probably as as relaxed as as I could possibly be, or that I remember being in any you know watching any game in some time, um, which was a little bit odd. Fish, let's talk about Nikola Meritich. The final five regular season games of the year, 25, 31, 28, 24, and 21, had his highest scoring career playoff game tonight with 30, was on fire all night long. Uh, talk a bit about his performance, uh, the, the shaving of the beard. Ever since he was reinserted into the starting lineup with that new fresh razor shave, he has just been a completely different human being in New Orleans. How, how has he put it all together? And just talk about how incredible he was on the defensive side of the floor tonight. Well, first, um, and I saw um, SB Nation actually uh, Mike Prada, and I, I want to press this point. So much of what the success that Miritich is having at this point is because he's playing so many of his minutes with Anthony Davis. Because the attention that Anthony Davis draws when he sets a screen, when he rolls to the basket, just when he's present anywhere, and the attention it's drawing is what's getting Miritich a lot of the open looks that he's getting right now. <clears throat> and Miritich, how he's really approaching the game, I don't feel like <clears throat> has changed a whole lot from when he was struggling. He's still being ultra-aggressive. He's still looking for his shot. I would say that since he's been paired with Anthony Davis, he's getting his feet underneath him more often on those shots, which is why he's been more successful than he has, um, you know, before he shaved the beard. But in terms of the general aggressiveness, I mean, some of those reverse layups that he um, made today on hard cuts to the basket and things like that, those are still – those aren't all that unrelated to the shots that he was missing when half of, you know, Pelican's Twitter was bashing him because he was playing terribly. It's just the ball's going in the hoop now. And once the ball starts to go in the hoop, the entire team is getting so confident. Um, the cross court pass he had from the left corner to the right corner, setting up um, Ian Clark for a wide open three Clark missed the shot. But before the ball was even out of his hands, Miritich was all already celebrating. That is a confidence that I don't think we've ever seen on this team. And then there was the, the play um, just before that, um, before Anthony Davis came out of the game, when he dunked on Nurkic 
and Drew Holiday is pointing at Nurkic <laughs> as the ball is bouncing off the floor. And that kind of – it's not just confidence. Like, there's a legitimate swagger on this team, and we haven't seen that yet. And I think it's kind of a give and take that they're feeding that to the crowd at this point, and the crowd is just lapping it up and giving it back to them tenfold. And that was what I saw happening tonight. 12 of 15. With Miritich especially getting it started, too. Yeah, 12 of 15, 4 or 6 from three-point range. The Pelicans' big four, as we've been calling them through these playoffs, combined for 90 points. Before we press on, we got a question from Travis Tate that I want to pose to Fish, and then I'll throw it back over to Chris. And he says, this is the best win in Hornets-Pelican history since question mark. And we kind of just covered that, but let's get a little bit more specific for him. Hmm. Because uh, I, I want to make sure that I get the exact game right. So let me um, let, let me, me throw it up real quick. Let me throw it over to Chris, and then we'll get back to you. Uh, Chris, mm-hmm. let's talk about the big four that's kind of developing in New Orleans right now. Of course, Nikola Meritich, Anthony Davis, Rashawn Rondo, and Drew Holiday. Etuan Moore was still playing some steady defense. Definitely want to give him a lot of credit, as well as some of the guys from the bench who played a lot better tonight, I thought, than they did in game two. With that being said, Drew Holiday, Rashawn Rondo, Anthony Davis, Nikola Meritich, these guys have definitive chemistry on the court right now. They're all playing great basketball. All four of them had 16 or more points. All four of them shot better than 50% from the field. Uh, just an incredible game by these guys. How is it all clicking together for them right now, Chris? Um, I mean, man, it's, it's, it's very beautiful to watch. But yeah, I, I think, you know, you're watching, you're watching four guys that, that trust each other. Um, four guys that have all, that, that have all been there. Well, Nico hasn't been there as long as say, you know, as AD and, you know, and, and Drew and, and Rondo from the beginning of the year. But you know, you're looking at four guys that that have all um, that have all had their ups and downs this season, um, you know, and they've all they, they've all supported each other. I mean, that's just that's that's just really what this team you know has done. They've all wrapped their arms around each other. They haven't they haven't quit on you know on at, at any part of the season. They haven't quit on um, the guy next to them. And these four, you know, they have they have unique unique type of chemistry. You know, AD and Drew, you know, have been together. Um, you know, since since AD, you know, what a year after he was drafted, Rondo and Nico go back to go back to Chicago. Um, it's just you know, it's it's I you know, it's different. Um, I would definitely say. Uh, but you know, I think I think more than anything, you know, it's it's kind of interchangeable. If one isn't in, you know, the other one still has the same amount of trust. And I think you know, going through some of these tough battles throughout the season and some of these, you know, some of these tough mental stretches and you know, the ups, the downs, the highs and lows have kind of brought this team as tight knit of a group as we've ever seen in the world. Fish, jump in whenever you're ready. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue mm-hmm. with uh, – you ready? All right, go well, for it. Well, I mean, and I, again, I kind of want to reiterate what I was saying about that Spurs series is because how we look at it now is shaped so much by game six and seven and not by the Hornets are up 3-2 they have a chance to close out this series and go to the conference finals because that was the year you're talking about. That was the Kobe Bryant year where um, Kobe Bryant stole the MVP from Chris Paul. Chris Paul was clearly the better player that season. And they, they had never got the NBA had never gotten around to giving Kobe Bryant an MVP award. So he kind of got a a career achievement award. So, And there was there was a moment there, the 
you know, the Pelican, I mean, the Hornets are up 3-2 on the Spurs. They're going into game six. And then the whole story changes and how we look at all of that changes. All right. We've Hello? got we've got Kevin B for Bounce joining us. Uh, David, go ahead and finish what you were saying, and then we're going to introduce Kevin to the group. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you uh, to me, I think, not relying too much on hindsight, the games that you really have to put on that pantheon of Pelican wins are that Spurs series game five, the game at the end of the 2015 season that um, the Pelicans got into the playoffs on the final final season, night of the season, beating the Spurs. Probably, and then probably the last, what, they're on a seven-game winning streak right now, right? I mean, the last seven games have all been just incredible. The Pelicans haven't just won. They have seized control of just about every game now for seven games, and they haven't played a single cupcake for two weeks now. Yeah, it's they, eight games straight they, now. we got to get you to change that handle. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's eight, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you look what they're doing. You know what it is, is that I'm just kind of blacking out the Phoenix Suns game. I'm just like, whatever, that was just a throwaway. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm starting at the Golden State Warriors game. But you go from there on, I mean, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, the Clippers might have not been given all of the effort. And then, but then they blew the doors off the Spurs. And the first two games against Portland, the first game they seized control and then they held on for dear life. The second game, Portland came out strong, but then the Pelicans seized control in the third quarter and kind of held on for dear life towards the end. And then tonight, they decided, well, what if we play for three and a half quarters and we give them, you know, 100% effort, maximum effort for three and a half quarters? And you saw what happened. The, there was a point where it felt like the Portland Trailblazers quit, like they were just mm -hmm. done. The Lillard, Lillard had had nothing else. That was it. I'm looking at Kevin Durant right now, laying on the floor at center court, looking not well, and thinking about what that means for the second round, man. I'm going to throw this over to Kevin uh, B for bounce. We've got a question regarding Steph Curry and the status of the point guard for the Golden uh, State Trailblazers. In addition to Kevin Durant, I'll look that up in a minute. And Steve Kerr reveals truth on when the Warriors star will return. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's up 3-0. Uh, it seems like it's locked down. With that being said, the Pelicans still need to close this out on Saturday. But according to this report from Daily Express, uh, Stuart Ballard publishes that he Steph Curry is definitively out for this round, and there is a chance that he will not even be set to return by round two. So the Pelicans can advance, and Golden State does, in fact, sweep San Antonio. The series would start a little bit sooner, and the Pelicans might get the advantage there. Uh, again, this is the bird calls. It's raw. It's uncut. It's unedited. We're getting an immediate reaction following the game. We are now joined by Kevin. You can follow him at Kevin B for Bounce if you don't know who he is already. And Kevin, you were at the game. Take us through the emotions of the night. Oh man, it was it was crazy in there. I, it was like uh, if, if anybody has seen uh, Wild Wild Country, it felt like that in there. One of those uh, crazy like sort of ta tantrum culty things where everybody's wearing red. Um, it was it was unbelievable. And um, you know, after Miritich at that first shot, the crowd didn't want to sit down. They kept standing until you know 
then Portland scored and kind of took the steam out of it for a second. Then everybody sort of slowly eased themselves back in their chairs. But I mean, the energy in there was, was phenomenal. Um, you know, it's what you've been wanting, uh, you know, for this team to have this sort of passion from the fan base for a while now. And I think it's here and hopefully it's here to stay. Um, you know, I, I would assume you got to consider uh, Portland after this game is got a night off a Friday night off in new Orleans after getting their butts whipped like that and, you know, losing out at home, you got to think vacation starting early for them and uh, game four Saturday, early start. We should come out and just put our foots on their throat and look ahead. Um, I don't, you know, if that energy's back, then there's no way they're walking out of there and we have to go back to Portland. It's not going to happen. Now, I definitely want to come back to Kevin and ask some questions about Manny Fresh and Juvenile. With that being said, I need to get my guys some touches, keep everybody fresh. Let's go back to Chris and let's talk about Rajon Rondo and Drew Holiday. Let's start with Rajon Rondo. 16 points, 11 assists. We've seen playoff Rondo in full force. And of course, this conversation has has been a, a heavy topic uh, around national media types is that playoff Rondo has been activated. Are you seeing the same guy that you saw throughout the regular season or do you think he has taken it up another level and what do you attribute to the change there chris um well i think he's definitely picked it up defensively um you know he seems a lot more a lot more actively engaged you know play to play he's not taking as many as many plays off um on that end um offensively uh you know i mean i I think with him, you know, if you give – he's one of the smartest guys in the NBA. If, if you give him um, one team to study, uh, you know, you, for a certain amount of period, you know, and, and they, have to, they have to win the, the best four out of seven games um, against, you know, I think that, that that puts you in a in a good spot. Maybe maybe game to game over the stretch of 82, you know, game series maybe, maybe isn't going to be his thing. But you give him – um, you give him a playoff series in which he has to worry about one team. And as you see, you know, he's calling out uh, the Blazers set. You know, he's telling other guys, he's telling guys on the Blazers where they need to be before before they know. Um, you know, so I think he's picked it up on one side of the floor. Offensively, you know, he's having – it feels like he has the ball in his hands a little bit more. Gentry's letting him, letting him play a lot more than he was before. Um, he has full control over the game. The guys trust him. They're going to him based off his playoff experience. Because it's one of the reasons that they brought him in his leadership. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think we've seen a lot of different masterful offensive performances, you know, for him in flashes throughout the season. Um, right now, it's just it's just him uh, dialing dialing things completely in, being focused on you know on the task at hand, um, and playing wonderful basketball with his guys. Yeah, and that question about Steph Curry was from Riker Toledano. Great stuff from Chris Connor. Of course, you can follow him again at Impatient Bull. I want to keep harping that home because this is the first time we've had him on the Bird Calls podcast. Thank you again so much for joining us. Before I go to Fish, I'm definitely going to ask some Alvin Gentry questions to Fish about his performance, what this means for his future going forward with the Pelicans. Uh, Maybe a bit of... uh, Anyway, we'll get to that in a second. I want to go back to Kevin because David Fisher was just talking about the Pelicans uh, establishing a swagger. Nikola Miritich shoots a three and starts celebrating before it goes in, a la Swaggy P. Uh, You've got Anthony Davis with that follow putback where Drew Holiday is pointing down at Yusuf Nurkic. From the perspective of a fan in the building, how much of that could you see? And do you feel like the Smoothie King Center itself is developing some kind of swagger right now? 
Yeah, you can see a lot of that from, or at least from where I'm, I'm sitting. Um, and I sit behind the bench, so I see all the bench celebrations. I see Boogie uh, Bear hugging Darren Ehrman on the sideline on the bench, you know. And um, and when Drew and AD checked out, Drew was really hyping the crowd up along the sideline. So it's good to see him showing that sort of emotion and that uh, passion, um, you know, which was something that we used to complain about with him. And we're starting to really see him embrace this. Uh, role of a of an aggressor and a defensive stopper and and a scorer for us um you know he it's like when he goes i mean he rarely gets to the free throw line but if he does you know we should start chanting co-mvp because like without him you know this wouldn't be what it is and he's the one that's keeping it really all together his perimeter defense has completely changed this series and you know having him you see a lot of him guiding just staying on a on like a ball handler like Lillard or whoever he's guarding at the time, staying with him all the way in unto under the basket where if he tries to take that shot it's contested anyway, but Anthony Davis is allowed to play off of Alfaru Camino, play free safety and they come over and collapse on him and there's just nothing Portland can do. I mean, even if you don't get the help defense, Drew's primary defense there is just so incredible and it's just the crowd is sensing it. Everybody's like on the edge of their chair, standing up almost the whole game. Uh, it was fantastic. Fish, let's go back over to you. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the head coaching stuff done in this series, uh, specifically keeping Miritich in the lineup, and more specifically, the way they played on defense, the trapping, the double teaming, the way they've been able to confuse and shut down guys like Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic. A lot of that has to be attributed to Darren Ehrman. Chris Finch had to play, uh, had to change the way the Pelicans played offense, just getting 85 shots per game. When for a large part of the last two months, they had been averaging as many as 100 shots per game with the quickest pace in the NBA. They had to change a bit of the way they were doing that against this Blazers team that had the 19th slowest pace in the NBA. A lot of that credit you can give to Rajon Rondo. A lot of it you can give to Chris Finch. A lot of it you can give to Darren Ehrman. How much are you giving to Alvin Gentry? Oh, I mean, I'm giving the lion's share of it to Alvin Gentry because ultimately he's the one that would bear the responsibility that was going south so you have you have to you have to give and take there if you're going to give him you know if you're going to give him the blame you know if the game plan goes south then you have to give him the credit when it's going well and the the game plan that he and the rest of the staff especially you know Darren Ehrman defensively and Chris Finch you know more in an offensive um, capacity has been outstanding they are I mean, my my key matchup when we did our roundtable in this in this series was going to be the coaching matchup, and I'm pretty confident in saying that they the Pelican staff right now is running circles around um, what Portland's doing. Portland keeps on trying to go back to the same well. They're trying it different ways, and they're trying to add on different little spicy things that are happening off the ball. But fundamentally, what they want to do is they want to run high screen and roll. And the Pelicans' response to that has been, we are going to aggressively attack either McCollum or Lillard off the bounce. And we are going to either force them the ball out of their hands or we're going to force them to take a poor shot. And they're at the end, uh, uh, towards the end of the, not the end, probably the middle of the fourth quarter, Lillard. Um, runs another high screen. He's moving to the right wing, 
And for some reason, he's so frustrated. He's so discombobulated. He attempts a three-point shot over Anthony Davis, and I can't remember the guard that was in the shot at the time. Maybe it was Drew Holiday or Etuan Moore, but it's a terrible shot. It's even even by Lillard's you know standards of what he can turn into a good shot. It's a terrible shot, and the Pelicans have thoroughly confused the Portland Trailblazers. But at the same time, the adjustments the Portland Trailblazers have made in terms of trying to put more window dressing around the basic play, the Pelicans are just ignoring all of it. They don't care. They have Their their game plan is clear. It doesn't matter how many jump shots Alpha Rukuminu makes. It doesn't ha- matter how much um, playmaking Nurkic makes off that short roll. They're going to force the ball out of the guard's hands, and they're going to make everyone else on the floor beat them. And then off of that, they're going to just rotate like madmen. And it, they are executing it to perfection. Now, before and, I, sorry, go ahead, Fish. No, go ahead, please. No, so sorry. It's just clear. I, I jumped the gun. You're you're really uh, good at taking those uh, emotional breaks, and I'm so used to to Ali and Kevin. Uh, they whenever they take a break, that usually I I just jump right in. So, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping the gun here. I'm very excited. I'm looking at this tweet from Real GM right now. I don't know if you guys are seeing this on your smartphones. Kevin Durant sprains his ankle, losing the ball to Patty Mills. One of you had brought it up. I think it was Fish earlier. And this is a horrifying looking sprain, you guys. His foot bends over in half. Best wishes to yeah. him. With that being said. Uh, uh, there's a lot that we'll need to talk about in advance of the series that we potentially will have to play with Golden State or who knows, depending on the severity of this injury, uh, anything could happen in San Antonio going forward. I think the Warriors are up two to nothing right now. So anything can change. With that being said, let's go back to Chris. Chris, Saturday's coming up. Um, it, it looks like a slam dunk. Uh, Kevin was just saying that the, the Trailblazers could potentially start their vacation early. However, you have to think these guys have a lot of pride. What do you think it's going to take in New Orleans, not just to keep focus? These guys have been saying all the right things. Rajon Rondo has been saying, Alvin Gentry even said in a press conference before the game today that when everybody got back in the Motor Center following game two, Rajon Rondo said, we haven't won anything yet. Let's all just settle down. You have to think he's preaching that right now. Chris Mannix of Yahoo Sports said that Rajon Rondo's in front of his locker watching game film from tonight's game. And I think more than anything else, that's just a message to the other guys that we can't let up. We can't, uh, I, I don't know, this isn't in the bag yet. With that being said, Saturday night, Chris, what do the Pelicans have to do to remain focused and just like Kevin said, just put their foot on their throats at this point? Uh, they can't. They can't start drinking uh, the Kool Aid as as most people would would uh, would say. Um, the cool thing about this team is that they don't really they don't really appear to really have many many cocky personalities on it. There's a lot of it's a lot of humble cats that are that are that are running around here. And while Rondo, you know, someone someone may may uh, confuse his arrogance for cockiness, and I'm sure. I mean, he there's a there's a level of to it there he's very intelligent he's the one spirit as, as leader of of the team he's the one that's spearheading listen we're not we're not done and if and if one of your one of your best players your most important pieces are going to the locker room after you're up 3-0 while some some may some may feel fairly fat and full and he's watching tape you know the other guys are taking are taking soon they know okay you know this is serious we got to come out here and destroy these guys um, as long as they come out and continue um, this business-like approach and continue doing the same things that they're doing, because Portland, Portland, they're out of it. They don't, they don't, they've shown you what what they can do. 
they don't have um, another trick to pull out the bag. You know, some thought that maybe Sebastian Napier might, you know, might help them out. They don't have, they're out, they're out of it. This is what they're going to do. They're going to live and die by Dame and CJ. And while both of those guys are capable of getting you 40, um, New Orleans isn't allowing it. So um, as long as New Orleans continues to uh, keep this humble um, approach and those guys are preaching the same things that they have been, um, I don't see any reason for them to come in relaxed or complacent um, in front of what should be a nice um, drunk crowd Saturday. <laughs> Kevin, uh, we definitely have a lot of questions. Everybody's anxious to move on to Golden State already. With that being said, I want to wrap up by talking about Anthony Davis. Uh, you, you know the, the popular storyline. He doesn't have enough help. He's gone into a Russell Westbrook mentality to finish out the season. He had those four back-to-back games where he's averaging 40 and 15. However, he's almost been a forgotten storyline this these playoffs with the exception of those highlight reel uh, alley-oops that he's been getting regularly from Rajon Rondo and Drew Holiday. Tonight, for example, Rajon Rondo, everybody's talking about playoff Rondo. Everybody's talking about Drew Holiday locking down Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Everybody's talking about the the freshly shaven Nikola Meritich scoring 30 points going off on both ends of the floor. Meanwhile, all all five of these starters contribute for 14 steals in this game, compelling defense. And then you've got Anthony Davis just a month ago, thought to have had no help. Now you look around and he might not be the best player on the floor. Now, obviously, I'm exaggerating. He is the best player on the team. But with the, the level that everyone's playing, you could say that all four of these guys are playing at an equal clip, supporting each other in different ways. How nice do you think it must feel to be Anthony Davis with just uh, two years left on his contract and seeing these these wonderful role players around him putting up such a stunning upset on a three-seated Blazers? Yeah, I mean, the the defensive scheme has been fantastic, and it's what's allowed Anthony Davis to be the help instead of relying on help because you have Miritich playing very versatile, um, and then, you know, obviously, Etwan Moore, uh, Rajon Rondo, and, and of course, Drew Holiday are locking down the perimeter, and, and whoever's on uh, Alfred Camino can just drift, and usually that seems to be Anthony Davis a lot, drifting off of him and just playing center field, and when everybody else has already got it locked down, I mean, it's incredible, and he can just be that help defender that is, like, insanely dynamic, and then you see him just coming out of nowhere on putback dunks and things like that. I mean, he's totally energized, and that's the thing, without having to make him be the first option or forcing it into him, making him... um, play super aggressive on the offensive end you know his energy lasts throughout the whole game he doesn't look drained at the end of the game of course he was able to get some rest in this one because of the lead we put up um but yeah I mean it's got to be great to not have to be the guy but still be the guy you know what I mean yeah, definitely. He had his quietest performance in game two with just 22 points. That's all that it needed. While Drew Holiday poured in 33 tonight, he was back to a season average with 28 and 11. Uh, pretty much right on the numbers there. Of course, uh, should mention that he he jammed his thumb late in the second quarter when he went up for a rebound with Al Farouk Aminu. Had to go back to the locker room for a moment, came back out. Of course, in game two, Nikola Meritich uh, badly sprained his ankle twice, but returned uh, both times to game action. And of course, he played uh, somewhere around 36 minutes minutes tonight uh 30 minutes tonight wow 30 points in 30 minutes not a bad night for Nikola Meritich Fish let's wrap this up any final thoughts on this game before we press on to potentially looking forward to uh Golden State um I I think somehow we are underselling how awesome Anthony Davis has been in this series he hasn't had the kind of big offensive explosion I think all of us were expecting at some point not to say that he hasn't been great 
um, offensively, but offensively isn't where he's making his money to this series. And I mean, tonight he had what, 28 and 11. We, we passed that off as, you know, Oh, you know, Anthony Davis, he was just kind of there. He put up 28 and 11 pretty much his um, regular season average. That's incredible. Step one um, in a playoff game. And part two of that is the fact what he's doing on defense is allowing the guards to be as aggressive as they, as they have been. The Pelicans could not defend Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum the way they are in this series. If it wasn't for the fact that Anthony Davis is behind them cleaning up everything, threatening every single shot, trapping up top. There was a, there was a point early in the fourth quarter. He challenges, uh, McCollum three-pointer at the top of the arc at the when the shot goes up Yusuf Nurkic is on the right block Anthony Davis corralled the, the rebound in the right corner think about that for a second Anthony Davis challenged the shot 23 24 feet from the basket turned around and got the rebound in the far corner from him when another big man should have been right there on top of it already. That is just a microcosm of what Anthony Davis was doing. Uh, another time he blocked a shot and he got just a little bit of Damian Lillard's wrist <clears throat> and they called the foul, but Damian Lillard had two steps on him and Anthony Davis was at the three point line. Davis still recovers, still changes the shot. The tel- the, the Blazers guards are terrified of Anthony Davis right now because it seems like there must be three or four of him out there. He is everywhere. He's affecting every single shot. He is still, and I know we, um, we've given Drew Holiday a lot of credit because Drew Holiday has been doing a lot. I know we've been giving um, playoff Rondo credit because he's been incredible. He's attacking. He's willing to shoot, and it's so much of Rondo's effectiveness right now is not only his the fact that he's making the shots that he's taking, but he's letting the opponent know that he's actually going to take shots. Um, Nikola Mircic tonight was incredible, but all of it is still centered around Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is not just the superstar and he's kind of having a so-so series. Anthony Davis is having an incredible series. And all of the things, all of the successes that the other players around him are having is how incredible he is, offensively and defensively. Offensively, he's making the job easier for everyone. And defensively, he's, he's making everything happen. Definitely, and that's why he's going to finish second in the MVP voting this year. He's been like this all season long, even with DeMarcus Cousins. He was still averaging 27 and 11, and he was right around that tonight, and he does it on both sides of the floor. A lot of guys in New Orleans arguing why he should be the best NBA defensive player in the NBA. Of course, he's probably going to make all-team defense again. He was second team last year as well as first team all-NBA. I I don't mean it was all tongue-in-cheek, the comments about uh, Anthony Davis just being one of four guys out there. Of course, we know it all starts and it all ends with Anthony Davis and the things that he's able to do physically on both ends of the floor just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, to be frank. And I know that I'm speaking about uh, specifically that put-back dunk uh, over Al Farouk Aminu whenever Drew Holiday reached out at Yusuf Nurkic uh, late in the third. That's that's the popular one to draw from but again uh just a a ho-hum 
uh, what was it, three blocks and three steals? No, three steals and two blocks. See, it's below his average. That's how good he's been lately. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to Chris. Um, let's get some final thoughts on this one from you, and then we'll head to Golden State. Um, man, it's, it's just it's, it's fun watching watching everyone play with confidence. Um, you know, it's fun. It's fun watching everyone. Everyone plays one, no matter no matter who's on the floor. Um, it was it was really exciting. I, I was actually with about it was about seven minutes left, I think, when they when they took out uh, all the remaining starters. Um, and I was I was about to go. I was watching the game at the gym, and I was actually gonna gonna leave. And I saw they put in Jamal Crawford. Um, it was fun to see to see instant grits. And I mean, you know. His his first shot, he you know it's a it's a long three shoots it goes in and the bench erupts man. Um, it's just you know it's not only is it fun to watch them have that swagger, them have confidence, them not being rattled in any in any sort of situation or you know any obstacle in front of them. Um, you know it's fun watching them just 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 love each other. You know, um, you know, I haven't uh, again, man. You know, I haven't seen it, you know, in quite well, maybe, maybe not ever. Um, I do, I do remember, uh, you know, when the Hornets made it to the playoffs and, and arguably should have should have beat the Spurs that that series. And I remember um, in, in the in the first series them playing Dallas and you know and how much fun they had and a series in which some people ended up picking Dallas, you know. But you know, this team, you know, they they're walking around with this with this me against the world type of type of mentality. A lot of people pick them to lose again. Um and instead of, you know, making it a tight series and going to game seven or six and making mistakes, taking plays off or games off, they're coming out and putting their foot on the throat of these guys. Um that that aggression, um, it's just it's really, really good to see it. It's what good teams should do. Um I mean, you know, they, you know, you should be able to take care of the teams that you are clearly better than. And it was one of the problems that we had with the Pelicans throughout the season, them losing, you know, um, to teams or letting teams after they should have them put away, them letting them come back into the game. Um, and there was none of that here um, against Portland. They put them away, and you know, they they're gonna come out more than likely with the same mentality. They put them away Saturday, and that was beautiful. Um, they left zero uh, zero room for the trailblazers to find anything positive to think about um going in the game for that's chris connor follow him at impatient ball if you can't hear fish in the background that's because his baby's crying he's on mute we'll bring him back when he's ready let's head over to kevin b for bounce we haven't had him for very long so kevin uh we've got some questions from dogs on top Riker toledano as well as michael flynn uh basically they're they're looking ahead kevin why don't you wrap up this one for us and then answer this for us is it too soon to start looking ahead to golden state I don't think it is because I mean three three oh um you know you have home court advantage um you've seen nothing out of Portland that makes you think that they can rally, especially with one more in New Orleans before we would have to head back to Portland um especially they keep trying to play the same way and and start reverting their offense to trying to run things through guys that aren't their stars because their stars can't get off and um you know I think with the de- defense that you're seeing from the Pelicans, I think that alone is enough for you to win the game. So if the offense isn't, if we're not as hot offensively, I think we can still win a grinded out game if we stay with that same energy and that same scheme defensively. 
so I don't see any sort of cracks right now, and I don't feel any reason to be scared about um, you know some epic collapse. So I don't think that it's wrong to necessarily start looking ahead. I mean, you see, you look like we saw Portland quit during this game tonight, and I think that was not just quitting for this game. I think it was quitting for the series, and uh, you know, I think that's uh, what we should expect in the next game. I think we're going to come out. Uh, the crowd will be super energetic. It's a Saturday. It's a, you know an afternoon game. Um, so it should be packed. It should be energized. Nobody had to work all day. Everybody sh- should have a nice rest and um, be energized and seal that home, f- home court advantage and put them away. Yeah, uh, Kevin, let me ask you one follow-up question to that. Uh, now we're confident. We're, we're looking ahead to Golden State, San Antonio, whoever the victor of that is. Obviously, we want to play San Antonio, although if Golden State uh, limps their way in, they might not be that terrifying a foe either. With that being said, a lot of the talk has been that the Trailblazers are the matchup that the Pelicans desperately desire. They just match up well with them. They played them well this year. They had confidence going against them. Even the last game that they lost, they had every opportunity to win, even with Anthony Davis, skimpy ankle, and Rajon Rondo not in the lineup. With that being said, when the Pelicans go to face another team like Golden State with you know, a potential backcourt of, of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, uh, a team that the Pelicans do play well against, but haven't enjoyed a whole lot of success against other than the victory last Saturday. Do you feel the Pelicans match up with pretty much everybody well uh, uh, across the Western Conference? They're just playing good basketball in general, or do you think they're just taking advantage of nice matchups? Well, I think the team that we're playing right now, I've said it all along, I thought we were pretty evenly matched, but I didn't expect the Pelicans to rise so much to this occasion defensively and for Miritich to show such incredible versatility defensively that allows for Anthony Davis to play center field. So I think this team, this matchup and the scheme that they run is with the way that the Pelicans are defending right now is, is perfect for us. Now, when you get, if you get a healthy golden state, then that's a real problem because you know, who can guard Kevin Durant? Um, you know, and you also have to have, you know, Rajon Rondo and either Clay Thompson or, or Steph Curry. And look, he's playing well right now. And, you know, CJ McCollum is no slouch, but, you know, that's a whole different ball game. Those are guys who make, make shots, contested shots, incredibly contested shots. Um, and it's a very good screening team that get the, to get those guys free for shots. So, it's a definitely a different matchup. So you can't expect this to necessarily translate, but like you said, we've played them well and they really have trouble finding somebody to slow down Anthony Davis. And I think having Anthony Davis take a little bit of step back in this series um, and letting Miritich and, and Drew and Rondo get some of the glory is, is great because if Golden State is the matchup, you're going to need to ride Anthony Davis and he's going to have to be front row center and the clear you know, like we said, we know he's the best player on the court, but he has to be clearly the best player on the court for us to stand a chance. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up here. My wife's getting ready for bed. It is 1220 Eastern Standard Time AM. It is now officially Friday where I am. Thank you so much to questions from Sei Reichert, uh, Dogs on Top, uh, Michael Flynn. We apologize for some of the questions about Boogie's future and Nola not getting to those. We will definitely get to those in depth uh, coming up in the future. Uh, thank you so much to David Fisher. He's at fish underscore TVW. He's trying to keep his baby quiet right now, so we're not going to bother him again. And thank you again to our first time 
caller, Chris Connor. Follow him at Impatient Bull. He's got a great article on thebirdrights.com today. I encourage everybody to check it out. Stunning work by him. Glad to have him on the team. Uh, before we let you go, Chris, why don't you give us some final thoughts and plug any of your upcoming work with the site? Um, final thoughts, uh, I would uh, definitely say to go and read that beautiful Drew Holiday piece. Um, if for, for, for anyone like me who, uh, who always felt like uh, the Pelicans were getting the short end of the stick from the national media uh, due to some, to some ignorance and this, some laziness on, on, on a few different you know, publications that didn't watch enough uh, Pelicans basketball to make some of the comments that they made. Um, that article was a, was a little bit um, of a reset. It was, it was quite refreshing to see uh, while, while Jalen Rose was one of the few people that were, you know, that were positive and picked the Pelicans uh, uh, to win the series. But you see guys like, like Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith and, uh, and Ben Simmons and Chris Broussard, um, you know, all, all talk uh, openly about either A, them being wrong about certain elements of the Pelicans, whether it be Drew Holiday or, um, you know, Rajon Rondo, or them openly praise them. And, you know, a guy like Max Kellerman openly say that a Drew Holiday is, um, you know, he isn't just, just a guy that plays okay defense and is, um, and is well, plays good defense and is okay offensively. He called him a legit um, great two-way player. That's, you know, refreshing to hear, you know, from especially with the narrative that is always passed around about the Pelicans not having help and Anthony Davis being surrounded by a bunch of bums. So um, definitely go read that as well as everyone else's content that they're putting up at the Bird Rights. I'm happy to be a part of the team. Glad to have you, man. Great work, as always. Uh, great job on the podcast tonight. Uh, this has been a raw, uncut version. Sorry for my lack of preparation. I am doing this totally off the cuff. Before we go anywhere, uh, Kevin Berrios, we have a nice announcement. 100,000 downloads. We've been r- working really hard on this podcast uh, ever since dating back to July when I joined the Bird Rise. So I just want to give a high five to you and Ali Cosell, who I hope is listening to this. Actually, I hope he's he's having a party in the Smoothie King Center right now uh, backstage with uh, the Pelicans, Alvin Gentry, and all those guys. But with that being said, Kevin, why don't you give us some final thoughts? Talk talk a little bit more about your experience, uh, some of the joy that was felt in that arena. Pelicans fans have been looking for a victory like this for quite some time. Talk about what it felt like, and then plug yourself at Kevin B for Bounce, and let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that too much because I'm about to write an article about that. So um, look for that tomorrow. Um, I'm going to write what it was like inside the arena, which was obviously electric. I'm sure it translated well onto the TV because it was pretty loud in there. And, uh, you know, it went off. Halftime show went off. Irma Thomas opened it up with the national anthem. I mean, what else could you ask for? Yeah, what a great what a great setting. Uh, before I let you guys go, NBA TV, a quote from Dame Lillard. He said, they're making me give the ball up. This is different cover than I've ever seen at any point of my career. So we'll probably be back uh, with some version of Ali and Kevin and maybe Steve DeWald or David McKay from Blazer's Edge talking about these quotes and so much more. Again, for you guys, all of our listeners, thank you so much for being part of the 100,000. We really appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to our podcast. I know there's thousands of other podcasts you could be listening to. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day i'm preston ellis and we'll talk to you guys soon let's go pals
You are listening to Do You Believe in Magic on OTG and Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. Be sure to follow us on iTunes by searching Do You Believe in Magic and subscribe today. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance. GEICO presents Yikes! Another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.